Welcome to Football on the Rocks, where we pour ourselves a glass and help you dominate the fantasy football competition. During the season, we will recap the action for the week, identify targets to stock up on and targets to pour out, discuss our weekly positional rankings, and give you our DraftKings DFS picks of the week. So, Grab your glass, maybe put some rocks in it, and join three fantasy football experts and whiskey enthusiasts every week as we help you salvage your draft, win your league, and fight for the millionaire. Hello and welcome to Football on the Rocks. I'm your host, Joe Niehoff. Tonight, we have a special guest for you. One of our good buddies and a good friend of mine, uh, I play in the famed Highlander League with him. So anybody that is a part of that league, we have Zach Damon with us tonight. Um, Zach, thank you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for letting me be on here and especially, uh, I think, maybe being the first guest uh, speaker here. So really You are the first. Official. The first <laughs> guest. You are... Uh, you're replacing our, our friend John tonight, who is still out after paternity leave. So, Ooh, again, thank you for joining us. Now, I do want to give our listeners some insight on Zach. So, Zach is uh, he is a fantasy footballer, 100% through and through. No questions asked on that. I don't think there's any debate. Zach, you might actually be in more leagues overall than Bobby and I. Uh, <laughs> and that could be combined collectively. I don't really know. <laughs> you you got to tell us. But you are you do participate in three of our leagues. Yes. So that is that is a good thing, uh, and that is part of the reason why we we hope to have you as a guest at some point. And I'm glad that you get to be our first. Now, what I will say, and this is a fun part, um, and and Zach, you probably knew I was going to say this. Zach's <laughs> overall record in those three leagues is seven and five. So, not terrible, not great, but I will say, we are talking to the whiskey and wipes league. 4-0 leader of the league. So what that also means is you suck in another one. But, <laughs> hey, you know, Whiskey and Wipes, you're doing pretty good, my friend. So uh, congratulations on that so far. Yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, especially uh, when all your losses come from only one or two leagues, you know, you're kind of not doing so hot in those ones. Yeah, exactly. <sighs> but, hey, that means you got to be doing something right in the other ones. So there's no no complaining there, I'm sure. True. Well, why don't you start off? What do you got in your in your glass tonight? What you drinking? Nice. Yeah, I've got uh, a Nika coffee grain whiskey. Uh, so it's mm. from Japan. And one of the interesting things from this, a little bit of brief history, is that the owner, the distiller, I will not try to pronounce the name because I will butcher it terribly. Uh, but basically, he visited some of the uh, famous uh, Scotch uh, distilleries in Scotland. And so he got the idea to do uh, some whiskey in Japan. And he specifically honed in the reason why it's a coffee grain is because he actually distills this in a coffee still instead and so that kind of adds some of the coffee malts and flavor notes and things like that so it's pretty cool just has a little bit hint of coffee uh, on the back end uh, but otherwise it's pretty smooth very good very good bye what you got uh tonight i'm drinking kabloom the Double Dry Hop Double IPA by 56 Brewing here in uh, Minneapolis. And so they threw all kinds of hops in this thing. Uh, it's got it's kind of tropical in a way. It's got some like pineapple, mango, even like a little bit of a coconut um, flavor to it. Um, 
It's a nice little brewery down there. Uh, it's, you can find it just uh, in the northern area of the Twin Cities. Um, and really nice, small brewery. They actually just expanded and uh, put in like a, an extra little party room that they can like throw. Uh, they have a stage there now and all kinds of stuff. Food trucks coming all the time. Um, very, very much highly recommend if you are in the Twin Cities area. Hit them up. They got a lot of different creative. Um, I, I'm more of an IPA guy, but they do some really creative stuff, especially during the summertime with uh, different honeys and like sunflower and all kinds of other stuff. So very cool little spot. Very good. Very good. And I will be up there this weekend. So we're going to enjoy some uh, some breweries with you uh, myself. So I guess see what all this I don't think I'm going to have any sugar beer with you, but, you know, I'll try a couple. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so what am I drinking tonight? Uh, I'm drinking one, and now that we've gotten back, you've heard me say this one before, but I do want to give a little bit more detail on it because it is uh, slowly becoming one of my favorites. Uh, and I have noticed in my favorites that I seem to – I'm going to start looking for these just to, if I can find them in different places, but I seem to really enjoy the whiskeys or the bourbons that have some type of connection to wine and and it might just be because I'm a wine guy too. You know, there's that. So the one I'm drinking tonight is Amador. Um, you've heard me say this one before. Um, this is one that's actually uh, finished in Chardonnay barrels. So I'll give you some quick history on this. So this is uh, winos that know wine. Uh, and I'm going to call out a, a cousin of ours, uh, Jake here, because he's a, definitely a wino. This is uh, the Trinchero family estates. Um, so in 2012, uh, Napa Valley Wine Powerhouse, um, the Trinchero family estates, TFE, branched into spirits and created Amador whiskey. Now, what is this particular blend I got? I have the double barrel. Um, so that's a, a good thing to know. It is single batch. So it's also good to know that as well. Um, this one in particular is, uh, Kentucky bourbon. So got to keep that in mind. They don't make the bourbon. They get it from somewhere else, but Kentucky bourbon aged from three to 10 years in new charred American oak barrels. So that piece plus the Chardonnay barrels that go into it, um, to kind of finish, uh, the, the drink itself gives you a pretty good idea of what you're getting here. Um, when it's all said and done. So for me, give it a quick taste for you and give you my opinion. There's my rocks, as you can probably hear them. Um, it's interesting. So, again, I told you guys, I'm not like, I'm not going to give you this. What, what, what did we call it last week for John? He's got more of a sophisticated palate. Yeah. <laughs> Mine is most definitely not sophisticated. Um, I'm more of like the, the average drinking guy that just will tell you kind of what it tastes like. So, you, you go, it tastes good. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes gooder than the <laughs> other one, one is, I had yeah. before. <laughs> Uh, and that's kind of what it's like. So this one, um, if I'm comparing it to what I had with straight edge, um, I'd say it's as smooth. Okay. So you, you don't have that sharp craziness. Uh, it's got a little bit of a warmth to it, right? When you drink it, you know, a lot of whiskeys are very warm. Um, this one to me is a little bit of that warmth as it kind of goes down. Um, but it's not anything that you're going to like kick you in the face and drive you nuts. Um, knowing that it had the Chardonnay finish, I kind of almost feel like I can taste it a little bit. 
because um, I do drink a decent amount of white wine with my wife. So it's got to like I can kind of get that flavor sense in there. Um, but overall, very good. Uh, I would definitely recommend it. Uh, one of my favorites uh, on my list. So hopefully uh, you all get a chance to try some of these whiskeys, bourbons, and of course, sugar beers. Uh, uh, but, uh, I got a, I got one very quick question for you, Joe, when it comes to drinking those whiskeys and knowing how kind of some of those flavor profiles do come around, have you gotten into the whiskey and cheese pairings yet? No, I haven't. What I'll probably do is whiskey and cigar pairings first. Ah, yes. That is also a nice, a nice combo there, but you're, you're bringing those parallels with the wines and there is actually out there uh, some, some charts and things that you can find that will say if you have this type of whiskey or, or scotch or whatever it might be, it's going to pair well with this kind of cheese. Um, and, and some of those do come out to be just absolutely fire amazing. Um, so definitely those of you that uh, are following along with us here, try and find something like that. I'll see if I can find anything. And I will, if I do, I will definitely be posting it up on our Twitter page so you can find that sort of stuff uh, yep, from us absolutely. as well here. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's, let's dive into uh, our recap from week three. So i got a couple of quick things I'm going to highlight. Feel free, Zach or Bobby, to, to kind of take away anything if you want a quick comment on anybody. So i like to first start with injuries. Uh, the first guy I'm going to talk about, David Montgomery, that obviously has some fantasy relevance for those of you that have Damian Williams. Um, if he's available on your waiver wire coming into Thursday, which I doubt it at this point, uh, he would be a phenomenal pickup. Yeah. Um, Jimmy G. Sounds is, like, just real quick, sounds like yep. Montgomery's going to be out anywhere about – three to six weeks or so we'll see kind of what's going on it's not a torn acl or anything like that but um you'll definitely get some longevity out of that pickup if you were able to grab them yep yep absolutely jimmy g um it got hurt and and i don't know the extent of the injury i didn't see what happened um but from what i understand they're more than likely going to trey lance at least for this week um yeah you know, uh, Zach, we got a buddy that thought he was a genius. <laughs> Why don't you talk a little bit on that? Yeah, it's um, – I mean, may, hey, maybe it will be a serendipitous move here. Um, if San Francisco does what Chicago does and uses the injury to their starter to justify starting the rookie, then then maybe it will boom. But certainly didn't look that way this past weekend. Uh, yeah, and he had some. He had flashes, you know. He had some flashes, but um, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. I, it'll be a, it'll be one to monitor for sure. Yeah, definitely. And, and making a trade for Lance before any of this happened, uh, I mean that, you know, that took some cojones. Uh, so I guess you know, silver lining on that is definitely a tip of the cap. But. You just never know how these things are going to work out, especially with rookie quarterbacks. Well, the funny part about all that is he, in the trade he made, he traded away Justin Fields. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> so he he's like, yeah, I want Trey Lance. It's it's such a great move, such a great move. We're like, dude, you're you're an idiot. <laughs> the you're trading guy. away. And yeah, then they could both not play all season. And then, of course, Fields gets in the game, and his first reaction was, Oh man, I shouldn't have traded Fields. I should have kept Lance. <laughs> but then we saw Fields play. And... Yeah, and then we saw Fields play, and it's yeah. not good. You know, it's funny. I don't know if you guys saw this. That I just saw this statistically. You know that Fields has like the same amount of points 
fantasy wise in weeks three and four that he did in week one and two <laughs> when he wasn't the starter <laughs> and he was just like getting spot work and like <laughs> is that, that not hilarious that's, that's a, hilarious that is an me. amazing statistic yeah it's it's really close like i think it was like week one he had like six points then it was like five then it was like seven and eight <laughs> like it's just <laughs> brutally bad it's not good yeah uh, anyway, let's get through these injuries because we don't typically spend more than about five minutes on it. So I'm going to run through the other ones. Teddy is more than likely not playing, if I heard correctly, Bobby. Do you yeah. confirm that? Yeah, that's um, what I'm hearing, too. It's going to be a pretty easy win, hope, uh, it looks like, for Pittsburgh this week. Because they're going to go well, up against Drew Locke. And I don't well, know. Drew Locke isn't – you know, this could be Drew Locke's last chance. Uh, his last chance was last year. Well, I'm just saying. Well, hey, look at what happened to freaking uh, Darnold, man. He gets a new a new team and he shines. So Damn, who knows? Who knows? But, yeah, but Darnold was actually good at one point in his life. And, and Pittsburgh's sure. defense, you know, sure. he's kind of taking a step back with some of the injuries. So if he can't yeah. do it against them, he's he's probably yeah he's probably relegated to backup duty. Right. Yeah. When, once and the thing is too, once Teddy's healthy, he's a starter again. Yeah, I think he's proven that. I mean, you can't lead a team to three and zero and then and then not be that guy. Um, Mixon out. Uh, I don't think there's too much to talk about there. Um, Cincinnati's going to be out their star running back against uh, the Packers. I'm sure you're pretty excited there. Uh. Oh yeah, by the way, we are bringing in the true dark side into this conversation. <laughs> Zach Sorry. is a uh, Green Bay Packer fan. Out of all things, ooh, ooh, why is he our so, first guest? I know. There? Well, the funny How thing did that is, squeeze through, Bobby. You already <laughs> talked about cheese once tonight and didn't even yeah. know it. <laughs> yeah, but I was talking about whiskey when I was talking about cheese. Hey, yeah, it's not- still cheese. <laughs> <laughs> One guy um, I wrote down from a injury standpoint. I want to ask you guys questions about is Eli Mitchell. When he is healthy, is he the guy, or do they keep it with Trey Sermon? Ooh, that is a great. I'm. I mean, I invested a lot in Elijah Mitchell, so I'm hopeful that he can be the guy once he's healthy again. Um, Everything seems to point that direction. He seemed to be the guy that had beat out Sermon from week one, and I don't know that um, that injury will keep him from getting the job back once. He is healthy because Sermon didn't necessarily show anything that was like, wow, we really got to stick with Trey. Um, so I would think that he's going to get the, the majority of the carries. Um, but is it going to be more of a committee and you can't really start anyone in that backfield? That's maybe a little bit more likely at least to start. Yeah, and I think especially with Mitchell, you know, it's a, it's a shoulder injury. So for a running back, that's not the worst case scenario like a Montgomery with the knee or uh, Barkley with the ankles and, and things like that in years past. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, it, it's one of those he can, you know, is he going to be good enough to get back in the game and tolerate the pain? Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's going to mm-hmm. be pain tolerance. Yeah. Yeah. But and they, think... they, they call the shoulder injuries stingers to running backs a lot of times. And that's absolutely right. what it sounds like it might be for him. Uh, last couple guys on this real quick Claypool, uh, Logan Thomas, and Gronk. Logan Thomas is out for sure. Gronk is doubtful, which means he probably will not touch the field. Um, yeah, so it sounds like, it sounds like it's going to be a week-to-week thing with Gronk. And if you have him, I would expect probably not too much for the next three weeks or so. Yeah. And there's no like he had reason some broken for... ribs and 
Right. There's no reason for them to rush him back. Correct. Correct. Um, Claypool is an interesting one. Any comments there? I think it's another one where you know, they've got enough weapons to kind of overcome it, but at the same time, he's one of the few who consistently gets downfield. But I don't know. It makes a huge difference because Big Ben can't throw it down the field anymore either. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you're trying to uh, a little bit trying to probably avoid Pittsburgh's receivers in general. So uh, that's yeah. enough on the injuries. Let's move on to one other fun stat. Um, I don't know if anybody noticed this after the uh, the game on Saturday night, but this is the first time I know of it happening in the my like livelihood of really paying attention to watching football games. Tampa Bay allowed negative one rushing yards. Yeah, they're good at defense mm-hmm. against – yeah. When it comes to negative running the ball, they're very one. good. Yeah. That is incredible. I mean, it's not like they blew out New England. Negative one rushing yards. That is crazy. I think I avoid any running back playing against Tampa Bay, even if they yeah, allow and, more like and six that was yards. That trend last year. Not good. That's what it you're was, looking at last year too. Right, and yep. so like, you you're just going to avoid that as, or at least temper expectations is maybe the word to use there. Whenever you're running against Tampa, yeah, yeah I think your best case scenario is if you're running back and catch passes too. Kind of like um, who was it in week one that they played? Sort of had a decent game because he was able to catch pass some passes, but the ground game was Zeke. Yeah, Zeke and right. Pollard really was the one that did a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Well, and you're right, because Zeke didn't even hardly get any rushing yards in that game, so that's a good point. Um, but anyway, fun to see, fun to fun to know. Um, all right, so Cordell Patterson, is he for real? No. Unsustainable. No. I think so, you play him. I think he's a starter. Oh, that's, you, you keep playing him until he lets you down. I definitely agree with that. I would rather trade him at the – value that he is it's an incredible value you can get probably something ridiculous for him um but i am trying to trade him get rid of him if i can but until the point that he disappoints you um you are going to keep playing him now when it comes to cordell patterson he (laughs) as you said uh production he was only out on the out on the field for 30 percent of plays last week but he scored what thirty points or something yeah. ridiculous. He had three touchdowns. Yeah, He's receiving touchdowns, by the way. Yeah, and so that's like when he is on the field, it's only a third of the plays. Um, but he's he's getting targeted forty three percent of the time when he's out running a route, which is just ridiculous. It's top by ten percent at the running back position through four weeks. That's that's. 13% better than Christian McCaffrey when he was a starting. So like he is getting thrown the ball pretty well, but he is the, the production that you're getting out of him is highly unsustainable and give me someone else. If I can trade him away, I'm going to. So do you think the CMC owner in a league might be the one to trade him to? They're getting a little desperate, a little antsy with CMC out. The, that is actually probably a pretty good trade partner, someone to target or, to, or even the, the cook owner, someone who um, 
it has kind of some of that injury concern at the position. Um, but then they're like, oh, I can still get some high value production. You could, depending on what you got, I mean, you've got Patterson for free. And so uh, you probably can trade him away for some better value at the wide receiver position or someone who would be just a solid and consistent. I know I'm going to get good production out of them kind of a every single week running back two. Yeah. And I think that's what you got to understand too. If you're trying to trade him away is what exactly are you getting back? And you may not be happy because I, I honestly feel like, you know, if you're getting running back two value back, I mean, is that they trade him? You back just, and you got right, to probably get about six to seven catches a game, which is going to be a four, 10 points. And he could, you know, if I'm going to get a solid RB two, you know, that can get me 12 to 20, you know, 12 to 15 points a week, but not any more than that. And that's just consistent what he's going to get. An example would be maybe like a, could be a good example here. Yeah, I don't know, like a Joe Mixon. He hasn't had any blow up games. I don't feel like this game, maybe he's gotten one game in the twenties, but you know, he's, he's probably going to average between 15 to or at 12 to 15 points a week. I, I almost like yeah. the upside you're but, getting in, in Patterson better. Right. Well, and, and you're not going to necessarily trade for mix, at least right now. Um, yeah. He, he maybe would be part of a package deal. We're getting at least a decent wide receiver as well. Um, but it, the point of it is the unsustainable nature of what Patterson is doing. Yeah. Yep. 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 I agree. All right. We'll move on. Uh, and last one I just wrote in here for today, it was Murray MVP. I'm going to leave that there. Uh, not talk about yep. it at all. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby got something right. Um, at least a, a little right. All right. Uh, moving into our next one. So we're going to get into our game. Do you, want, game. do you want to go through all the bets we have right now, Joe? Cause I looked at them earlier today and I, if, if things go as they have been to this point, I'm absolutely going to dominate our bets. Well, don't worry. I'm going to make a bet with you tonight because John won bets while he was gone. Um, <laughs> we we were able to avoid it last week, but I don't know if you can. Yeah, I'm going to make one. I'm going to find one somewhere throughout all of this, and I'm going to, I'm so, going to make a bet. So just a very quick update on that. In terms of bets that have concluded, I am leading three to one to one. Your guys' wins are in DFS. <laughs> My win, I have a DFS win, and then I beat you with Mahomes over Hertz in week one, and Landry is not a top 24 wide receiver in week two, and I kind of won that because he got hurt mid-game. I mean, he caught the first pass of the game for nine yards and got hurt. If he, if he gets 10 receptions that game, I'd destroy you. But it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Yes, Joe. If the guy that you picked scores seven touchdowns, you're going to win. <laughs> Yes, correct. <laughs> All right, let's get into this. Uh, Bobby, I'm going to let you start us off. We have our one-minute games. I'm going to test you here, see if you can get to these under one minute. Bobby, you go first. Um, all right. Minnesota-Detroit. So, I was going to say Minnesota-Detroit. Um, you definitely like uh, Kirk Cousins as somebody who you can stream uh, again this week, uh, especially if you drafted someone like um, Fields or – Lance is like a, hey, I'm going to have a dart throw there, but I'm going to have someone solid to start the season. Um, when it comes to the running back position now, it looks like Cooks is going to play. It's a matter of how much will Dalvin get in terms of uh, production. Now, 
the Lions give up a lot of points to, to the running back position, about 30 a week in terms of what they're giving up. Is that production value going to be split between the two? Uh, that is where the question comes in. And so, I mean, you're, if Cook is playing, you're playing him. Um, if you have Madison, maybe if you have both of them, maybe you throw them into your flex and you, you say, you know what, I'm going to get my 30 points from the two guys. Um, if nothing else, will be guaranteed something. It's a little bit of a risky play, but something that you can uh, hopefully bank on. Best case scenario, we get more clarity on this uh, going into the game. Then you're going to start your Viking wide receivers. Um, that's kind of easy. Um, on the Lions side of the ball, Viking secondary is a little bit decimated. It sounds like Dancer might not play this week. Um, there was some concern. It sounds like he uh, had a positive test of COVID, and so it's possible that he is not playing. Um, so that brings up Quintez Cephas. Uh, if you want to play Goff as, as a uh, dart throw kind of guy, if you're desperate at the quarterback position, um, those are a couple of options for you. You're definitely starting swift. Uh, it's hard not to, and same thing with Hawkinson. I mean, you can't not start the guy. Yeah. That's How'd pretty I do? good. That was How'd about your two minutes. That was two minutes. So that and I will I will minutes. say this. I will say I want this. A timer on this next time. Yeah, that <laughs> that one um probably should have been in the take a shot games instead of the port out games because there is some pretty uh relevant fantasy value in, in some of those conversations around Cook, Madison. Yeah. If if but, Cook is playing, you're playing him. Yep. Yep. But do you play that? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so yeah, that was close, Bobby. You're getting better. I have Tampa, Miami, and this is as poured out as it gets. Okay. So real quick on Tampa, Miami, you are not touching a Miami running back for your life. They've already been terrible so far this year. Uh, and now they play Tampa's defense. So avoid at all costs. Can I interrupt um, I think really it, quickly? Remember why? how like a week and a half ago you said Miles Gaskin was going to be better than CEH? Yeah, I do remember that. And now what's happening? It doesn't matter. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, I hate you sometimes. All right. <laughs> uh, but in on Miami's team, the the one player I am, uh, I'm probably actually kind of almost excited about starting him. Uh, I put him on a flex position. I don't know if I have him as a top twenty four wide receiver or not. But Jalen Waddle, um, you know, mostly kind of that slot that slot player for them. Uh, and Tampa has been terrible against wide receivers. Uh, and it didn't help when they got an injury last week to uh, Carlton Davis uh, the third. So definitely looking there. Tampa, I'm starting everybody. Uh, Evans, Godwin, Gronk's out, so don't play him. Uh, Fournette, Antonio Brown, those guys are all startable for me this week. Uh, and I'm probably also starting um, the quarterback, Brady. So that's pretty basic, uh, nothing too crazy. That's kind of what I'm looking at for that game. Now we're on to you, Zach. Your first one. Are you ready? All right. Yeah, ready to go here. We got so, the Falcons versus the Jets. Your poured out game. What do you think? So I think this will be, you know, Jets are riding high after that win. So I think there's a couple of useful players there. Jamison Crowder's back. He looked good. He's always historically been a good safety net uh, throughout his career. So I think he's in the mix to start him. Um, and then Corey Davis, you know, he, he's been the consistent one this year. I guess if you're in a pinch, um, on the flip side of that, you got Atlanta. Yeah, obviously we talked about Patterson, so I won't be redundant with him. Um, and you probably have to play Calvin Ridley. Um, the Jets, I think, defensively, you know, they and they are actually decent against the wide receivers and against quarterbacks. So 
maybe, again, temper expectations for Ridley, especially the way Atlanta's offense has gone. Uh, Mike Davis, I I hope you've got other options at this point. You know, we're, we're into week five. He is what he is, and he is what he's been in his career. You know, we, we've known him to be a backup running back who just happened to flash last year in the absence of CMC behind a solid Carolina team, and he's just not the guy. He's just a guy. And then Kyle Pitts, um, yeah, I think that's epitomizing the rookie tight end. You know, you're, there's going to be some good games. There's going to be some mad games. You know, the Jets, again, they, they defend the pass a little bit better. So, yeah, I just – I think if Atlanta wins this game, they control the clock with Patterson, you know, the short throws. So maybe Pitts gets a couple, um, but hopefully you got maybe a streamer option so a little bit better. So a little bit of slim pickings, in my opinion, as far as the options on both sides, but some ones that could be at least flex-worthy or, like, wide receiver twos or threes. And good to your, analysis. To your point. Good analysis. I want to say something real quick. Uh, I think it was Tony Dungy that said it. And this is a reference to uh, Davis, Mike Davis. They are who we thought they were. <laughs> yep. I, I tried to get that quote right. I knew I wouldn't. So I just kind of paraphrased. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Good. By what you're going to say. Um, to your point on Pitts, the Jets are strangely actually good against tight ends. They've allowed only the seventh. Uh, the seventh least amount of points to the tight end position per week at uh, about 6.3. Now that's in a half point PPR uh, based on the stats that I was able to to grab here. But looking at that, I mean, so you're probably talking maybe eight or nine points total to the entirety of the position. Um, I don't know that uh, you're getting a lot of production out of Kyle Pitts. Good point, Bobby. And yet again, see how this works, Zach. Bobby can't hmm. let anything sit. He has to well, say Kyle it. Pitts right and now. take another minute of what was supposed to be a minute only. I'm just emphasizing Kyle Pitts is not a good uh, fantasy football player That's right okay, now. Bobby. You're That's basically okay. the guy that. Okay, we're going to put the timer on you, Bobby. Are you ready? Wait, what game am I doing this time? Houston, New England. Houston, New England. Okay. Go. You're starting Cooks and nobody else. On the Houston side of the ball, um, New England side, it's really hard to trust really any of these running backs right now, especially after getting, as uh, Joe had emphasized earlier, negative one yards um, last week. Obviously, they have a not as a terrible opponent this week with Houston. Um, so maybe things get a little bit better. Houston does give up about 25, 27 points per game two running backs, and so there's at least some some level for optimism there, but who's that guy going to be? Who's going to be scoring those points? That's a whole other question uh, in and of itself. Now, one guy that you do, uh, that you are encouraged by is Jacoby Myers when it comes to the wide receivers uh, for New England. That's going to be a really fascinating thing to see kind of how that plays out over the course of uh, the season here. He is getting – oh, no, I lost – there it is. Um, from week C, week seven of last year, when Jacoby Myers finally became a starter, he has a 28% target share. Now, this is from uh, J.A. Gibbs underscore 23. He's got some great stats out there on Twitter. Follow him if you have the opportunity to. Um the only players that have a higher target share than Jacoby Myers, Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs. That's it. 
he's getting and target share, as we know, is like one of the high standards of things that you're looking for um, from a fantasy productive wide receiver. Um, so if you're starting any pass catchers, uh, that is probably who I am going to be targeting. All right, I think what I'm going to do from now on is just not have your name on any of the one minute games. <laughs> that was a that was solid, good. solid two minutes, Bobby. That was it, wonderful. That was a perfect amount of time. Uh huh. It's two minutes for a game that we could have spent less than a minute on. People I actually need to thought know about you had Jacoby it for Myers. a second there. And then you people went into need J- to Jacoby know Myers about mess. Jacoby Myers. Uh-huh. Got to yeah. know about this guy. Don't worry, Damn. I'm going to save us because I have Pittsburgh and Denver, and I'm going to be real quick. All right. Okay. Uh, I think from a fantasy standpoint, I'm avoiding most of the players in this game because I believe it's going to be really low scoring. Um, from a standpoint, you are starting uh, Najee Harris. That's kind of a no-brainer, especially where you drafted him. Um, Deontay Johnson's probably starting, depending on injuries. Uh, and that might be it in Pittsburgh. Uh, you might flex a juju. That might be it. Um, Denver, uh, it's hard to start a whole lot of anybody. Cortland Sutton may be a flyer, but Pittsburgh's defense is pretty good, and you got Locke throwing the football. Fant, again, same kind of concept. Not worried too much about, you know, like you can get some points out of them, but, again, you got Locke throwing the football. Um, yeah. Did I running miss, back? Did I running miss back? This? To, you're probably flexing Williams and Gordon, um, but I'm not too confident. Maybe temper expectations there, and that's pretty much it in Denver. Did, did I miss that? Like, did you even mention Najee Harris? Did I miss that? Yeah, that was the first thing I said. Oh, okay. I totally Don't missed worry. it. Then. Don't worry. I was that, making that, sure that I you saved actually us a little bit, Bobby. Najee I think that Harris. was about 45 seconds. So now we can move on to the Jacksonville Tennessee game. Zach, that's you. Yeah. All right, so Tennessee, <laughs> real easy. Derrick Henry, set it, forget it. You're not taking him out of the lineup. You might even consider starting him when his bye week comes up. He's that good. Uh, Tanhill, <laughs> I would uh... – like, I like how that went by quietly. <laughs> um, With no reaction until later. That was good. Uh, Ryan Tanhill, you know, he's – I would try to stream a little bit, but again, he's got a good matchup, but I think it really depends on if A.J. Brown and Julio Jones, at least one of them comes back, then okay. Uh, Speaking of, those two guys monitored their injury statuses. Sounds like they're at least kind of on the mend. Um, So if they're coming back, you're starting them against that matchup. Um, I do think, though, you temper expectations because they'll probably get ahead early and just run Henry and maybe even Nick Nichols. Uh, Sounds like he's a little dinged up. So just kind of keep an eye on him. And those are probably the only guys that are starting. Maybe Tennessee's defense it could be in the streaming option this week, I think, given the uh, turnover propensity for Jacksonville. On the Jacksonville side, uh, it's a little ugly. Uh, James Robinson, I, I think you're, you know, he's a solid RB2 um, with, with RB1 upside if he gets going. And then uh, Chenault seems to be the guy who benefited the most of DJ Chark going out. So maybe you're flexing him or maybe flexing Marvin Jones. That's probably about it. So I would say Robinson's the only guaranteed start. The other guys are if you don't have any other options or you're decimated by injury. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Again, very good job. Good analysis. I don't think there's too much to add. Bobby, you got anything you want to add to that? No, this guy is better than me. Oh, my God, this is amazing. Bobby said no. All right. (laughs) For the sake of time, I'm going to take Bobby's Las Vegas-Chicago game. So, Bobby, I'm sorry. No, no. I have stuff to say. 
nope, nope, nope. I'm going to say my stuff anyways. No, you, you can say one thing. <laughs> you can pick one thing to say, and that is it. Okay? Okay, so I'll I'm do gonna, it at the end. I'm going to take it over. You can have one, only one thing to say. And if I, I say it, sentence. you better not repeat it. Okay? I get one sentence at the end. Good. That's it. Ready? That's Go. it. Okay. Vegas, uh, Chicago. I actually like this game a little bit from a fantasy standpoint. Um, I think this could be a good game for uh, – for the wide receivers, uh, specifically naming, oh my god, why is his name Renfro? Why is it... Renfro, holy cow, it's like skipping my brain. I can see it going by. All right, Renfro. Now I get to say um, two things. Good against, good against slot wide receivers, or, or not good against slot wide receivers. Chicago is pretty piss poor against them, so um, that could be a really good opportunity. And I'm starting Waller all day. I'm starting Josh Jacobs. I think this could be a really good game for him because they should have the lead. Uh, and he could play really well. So uh, a lot of the guys on Vegas I like. Uh, Rugs, nah, maybe. You know, if you have no other options, you can throw him in there. And I don't really like Braylon Edwards. I don't think I'm going to start him if I'm anybody. Uh, Chicago side, um, Damian Williams, good play. Uh, just to get some catches out of the backfield at a minimum. Uh, and just until Fields can show us something, I just don't trust anybody else in Chicago other than the running back position. Um, and that's just my opinion. Bobby, what do you got? Um, so you mentioned Darren Waller. I just want to kind of counteract that a little bit. Uh, Bears are the eighth best against tight ends so far this season. So temper your expectations when uh, when starting him. Obviously, you are starting him. It's hard not to. But they have a very good defense against the tight end position. Good one sentence, Bobby. Uh, Zach, I got a question. I left something out intentionally thinking Bobby would mention it. Do you know what it is? Darnell Mooney's really good. Hmm. About Allen Robinson? No, I left him out. I don't, I mean, I actually, if I had Allen Robinson on my team, I wouldn't start him. Um, It was was Darnell Mooney. Bobby mentioned it. Um, He actually could be a decent play. He gets a lot of targets. Um, But again, I'm still Mm -hmm. not excited about that play. Mooney, yeah, Mooney has Mooney's led the Bears in targets each of the past three weeks, and he has he's eighth in the NFL in target share with thirty one point seven percent. You just couldn't leave it. You, you, you it. mentioned him. He's my favorite I know, guy. But it wasn't because I you wanted mentioned you to say something. You else. did this. This uh, was your right. fault. Hey, you know what? Uh, because I took <laughs> your your Chicago Vegas game, you get Baltimore Indy. Let's get into taking shots. See, I was not prepared for Baltimore, and I was prepared for Las Vegas, Chicago. Well, no. uh, okay, do you need me to move to Zach? Because I know he no. wants to talk about Cincy and Green Bay. No, Baltimore, <laughs> Baltimore, Indy. Um, I am very hopeful that we get to finally see the rookie wide receiver in Bateman come out. We'll see if he's able to go this week or not. I'm very excited about it. Um, one other thing, when it comes to the wide receivers in Baltimore – um, I I have this bet now with John on Marquise Brown being a top 17 wide receiver in, in a full PPR. If he were to have caught any one of those balls that he dropped against the Lions, he would be uh, the number one wide receiver in fantasy right now because he dropped like 20, 30 points worth of balls. I so mean, what it was, is he? Right now he's number 13. Okay. He's it's number 13. He's got 70 points. He's averaging about 17.5 a game. But he dropped three passes that could have potentially scored 
about 20 to 30, maybe even 40 points, depending on the yardage and, and kind of scoring system. But could have scored about another 40 points, which would have easily put him at wide receiver one. Wide receiver one currently is Cooper Cup at 102.6. Uh, he's, he's just barely above Tyreek Hill at 100.3. Which got 40 points last week. Right. And so a big game like that can make a big difference. Um, now Marquise Brown this week, uh, who are they playing? They're playing Indianapolis. What do we know about Indianapolis defense? Anybody? They're stuck against wide receivers. They're not good. They're not it's just good. easy. It's just easy, easy analysis there. So start your wide receivers against them. Um, they're actually – as bad as they are, there are another 11 teams worse than them against wide receivers. But when it comes to the comes to the deep ball, I mean, we saw what Cooper Cup did against the Colts. I'm imagining something very similar is going to happen with uh, Marquise Brown this week. They are actually pretty good, the Colts are, against the uh, tight end position. Um, they're 15th, kind of right in the middle of the pack, only about 11 points per game to that position. And so let's say about eight, nine points come uh, Andrew's way. You're starting a, pretty much all of your not a running back um, guys for Baltimore. Um, it looks like Tyson Williams. I don't know what happened, but he's like not playing anymore. What, what do you know what went on there, Joe? He was a healthy scratch. He essentially got replaced by Le'Veon Bell on the, on the roster for the week. Yeah. That, that was odd. Is, was it not? I, I think it's odd, but I think we're going we're gonna to really see what that means this week. I think yeah. if he's another healthy scratch, then they've basically said, okay, it's Latavius Murray. Our three, our three running backs are Murray, Bell, and Freeman. Or not Freeman. Yeah, yeah Freeman. Yeah, yeah it's Freeman. And, and that's yeah. who we're going with. And, well, and he's the odd man out, which is interesting. Regardless, though, the, the Colts, are, Colts are about ninth best or so against the run this year. Uh, when it comes to fantasy point production. And so um, it, you kind of have to temper your expectations a little bit there. That's why much bigger on the wide receivers. Um, now, when we flip to the Colts side of the ball, um, you're not even touching Carson Wentz. I don't know how you can. I'm going to step um, in here, Bobby. Are you ready? I'm going to step in and stop you because you've already gone like four minutes on a two-minute game. So, Indy, uh, good luck um, starting anybody other than Taylor. Um Pittman might be an interesting pick, but that's pretty much it. Uh, and I think that's what we'd all agree with, correct? Yeah. Uh, thanks for saying exactly what I was about to say. Or that's yeah, well, you took too long, so I had to say it. Uh, <laughs> Zach, your turn. Cincy, <laughs> Green Bay. All right, so I'll start on the Cincy side of the ball because I, I think there's a little bit more intrigue there. Uh, T. Higgins looks like he's coming back. So I think if he comes back and he's green-lighted, you slot him back in. Uh, definitely the rapport he's got. Jamar Chase, I mean, probably this year, Justin Jefferson as far as top-tier rookie, rookie wide receivers go that are climbing the ranks into wide receiver two, wide receiver one uh, easily. And then Boyd, you know, I think he is a poor man's Robert Woods or what Robert Woods used to be. Uh, so I think he's a safe floor guy. Uh, and he boomed last week, too. So, again, if he catches uh, some touchdowns or gets the volume, I think it's there. Um, and then Burrow, obviously, you know, again, volume-driven. He's not always the most efficient. Uh, but with Mixon out, they're going to have to throw it more, especially against Green Bay. Uh, I think he attacked Green Bay this week uh, through the air. Uh, Jari Alexander is probably questionable at best. Um, you know, we didn't end up getting uh, – what's his name? Gilmore from New England. 
So I think you know, on defense, you know, they're limping in a little bit. So you, you could use this passing game. You know, they got three wide receivers that are pretty good. Maybe a flex for Samaj Pirine, uh, the backup running back, or Chris Evans. Uh, if you if you're in a pinch, you know, maybe injuries are piling up. Um, the Bengals defense, I think, is inflated. They had two really good games against teams that we now know are just not good on offense in Chicago and Pittsburgh. And they've really not done well against good offenses in Minnesota and then a sort of decent offense maybe in Jacksonville. Uh, they got, kind of got blown up a little bit more than anticipated. I would say with that, too, and Cincy, they've had a pretty weak schedule so yeah. far. As far as offenses they've had to face, the Vikings, don't get me wrong, aren't bad, but it was the first game of the season, and they kind of pissed that game away. So Yeah, but, but again, they, their defense still didn't score a whole lot either, fantasy-wise. Yeah. Anyway. So, Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. On the flip side, uh, Green Bay, you know, I think you know, there's a clear tier. You're starting Rodgers, you're starting Jones, you're starting Adams. Uh, maybe flexing A.J. Dillon, and that's probably about it. Maybe if you're in a gambling kind of mood, you're starting the Packers defense. Uh, but again, we're, you know, they're dinged up. Uh, so I think this could really turn into a shootout. I think this is going to be a game. I'm not sure what the betting line is, but I would be tempted to take the over um, just given the defensive injuries and deficiencies on both sides of the ball there. So I think this could turn into a, a, a bit of a route um, or a shootout rather. So, yeah, well, and that's a that's a good point to make because I want to just say this too for you. Like with uh, with Rodgers, you know, you're never out of the game with Aaron Rodgers, really. So, you know, since he gets a little bit of control over this, I think you're right. I think this could be a little bit of a shootout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, Randall Cobb turned back the clock. So maybe, again, you know, you talk, we talked in the previous segment, a couple of guys like Cortland Sutton and Allen Robinson. And, and I happen to have both of those guys. I'm sitting there, them on the bench, and I'm looking for other guys to plug in, like a Boyd or a Cobb, maybe uh, until they show something. So if you're in a similar situation, maybe you throw Cobb in there. Um, and that's really about it, fantasy wise. Again, you know, the defense is that I would not start them on either side there. And maybe AJ Dillon. You know, Tunyon, if you're rolling him out, you're basically hoping he catches a touchdown. And, you know, that's pretty much all you got there. Yeah, that's Tunyon in a nutshell. He catches a touchdown or you're kind of disappointed. Mm-hmm. Um, very yeah. good. Very he's good. He's not doing great for John. No, he's not in that bet. But he's probably not far off because you did give him some leeway on the position he had to finish. No, he had um, 12. 12 for Tunyon. Yeah, what is he at? 20? 29th. 29th. Okay, that's that's painful, um, but we'll see. We'll see what comes <laughs> up. All right, Bobby, you got Washington and the Saints. Um. All right. So, oh, where'd my stats go? I missed it now. Um. Okay. I've been drinking. Um. Washington. It's gonna be really hard to start any of the quarterbacks for this game. Just is what it is. Now, I say that. But Washington has actually given up the most points to quarterbacks, points to wide receivers. Um, so if you are feeling go ahead and New Orleans wide receivers and uh, uh, throw, in, um, throw in Winston. Can you trust any of them? No. You, I mean, you just can't. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. A situation where you would feel confident starting any of them, even in a flex position. Um, it's it's just so hard, and you don't know where that ball is going to go. 
Um, really the only saint that you are starting is Kamara, and that's the one area where Washington is actually really good is against wide receiver or against running backs. Uh, they're seventh best so far in the year. Um, now flipping over to the Washington side of the ball, main guy that you have confidence in is McLaurin. He's going to get the Marshawn Lattimore treatment this week. So temper your expectations there. New Orleans defense as a whole is actually fairly solid except for that wide receiver spot. Um, they, they allow about 35, 37 points per week against wide receivers as, in, as a whole. And so um, hopefully a good chunk of that ends up coming from, from McLaurin. But with Lattimore playing, I, it's going to be an interesting, uh, interesting week there. You're starting Gibson and that's about it. Um, we saw Thomas, uh, Logan Thomas, Ted and get hurt at the end of the, or, or in the middle of last week's game. Um, Ricky Seals Jones played about 80% of the snaps after that point. So if you really are desperate at tight end, maybe he's somebody that you grab, but again, that position, you're not, you're not in a favorable matchup against the saints. They're actually one of the uh, top 10 defenses against the tight end position this year. Very good. Good job. Look at that. That's pretty good, Bob. That was pretty good. I'm impressed. You were, I mean, it might've gone a little over two minutes, but that's okay. Cause you got two to three minutes. You're good. All I right. Did it. Uh, we got, we got chargers <laughs> versus the Browns. That is my game. Um, I think pr- there's plenty of, are you proud of me, Papa? <laughs> yeah. I did it. <laughs> I think uh, in this game, there's plenty of fantasy relevance because there's a lot of players you're playing. Okay. So I think uh, this is a good time uh, for those of you that have kind of been waiting for OBJ to get healthy. Obviously now it's, he's in his third week of health. Um, didn't have a great game against the Vikings by any means, but nobody in that game had a good game. Um, so, I, so uh, excuse me, Joe, if, uh, Oh God! What's the, what's his name? Their quarterback for Cleveland. I can't think of his name. Baker Mayfield. If Baker Mayfield has any kind of accuracy, um, he hits OBJ for a sixty-five yard touchdown with a minute or with like a couple minutes left in the game, and slams the door shut, and they win twenty-one to seven against us. And OBJ okay. has like a seven. Why do you have to bombard like my game? Like you know. Because you I was just stole a game him. away from me. And, and I was going down that path, and here you go. You just missed it. Throw this whole thing up. To... Anyway, now you've taken no. 30 seconds of my time, so now I have Joe, to go you're going over three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, in the backfield in Cleveland, uh, you have Hunt. And, of course, um, you know. What you call me? I, yeah, I called you a hunt. <laughs> See, notice how I don't do this to our guest at all because he actually has yeah. relevant stats and information. He's straight into the point. relevant stats and information. And, uh, and, yeah. and here we are off on a tangent of all tangents. This is one of the ways that we can make you much dumber. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Anyway, so going into Hunt and Chubb, you, I think both of them are very startable this week. Not that the Chargers are terrible by any means against running backs, but they're also not like studs against them. Um, so I think you play both of them. Temper expectations for Chubb, I think that's just been proven throughout the year so far, um, simply from the fact that Hunt is getting some goal line carries and he's been more likely to score to the touchdowns. Not saying that Chubb, uh, Chubb isn't scoring touchdowns because technically they both have three. Um, but, uh, 
but just temper some expectations there. I think the better value um, is probably in Hunt. Uh, and that's really all I'm looking at for Cleveland. I, I'm not really excited about Baker Mayfield, so I'm not starting him. Uh, on the uh, Chargers you, side. Just really quick. Oh, my God. The Chargers, for, for the Chargers defense, I don't know that you mentioned this. You, you did talk up um, uh, OBJ a little bit, but the Chargers are kind of quietly the second best defense <laughs> against wide receivers. So, okay. like, I don't know that this is the week that OBJ breaks out like you think. I think okay. we have a bet here, Joe. I think, well, I think okay, we have let's a bet here, let's, Joe. Let's get our first bet. I think we're in. I'm with this. I'm with you. Let's get our first bet. All right. All right. Is, you tell me. What are you thinking? I, I don't think he's uh, – I don't think he is – OBJ is not a top 24 wide receiver this week. I think he's really close to that number. Can you give me top 30? That puts him as a flex. 26. No, 30. 30, okay. Mr. I'm 3-1-1 one one in the bet so okay. far. Completed. Okay, I'll give you that. All right, top 30. I got he, OBJ. That, that, that says, in my mind, that says he's not a startable player this week. Correct. Yeah, if he's, if he's in the top 30, he's a startable player and you're happy. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. I think he's a startable player and I think you'll be happy with the results yeah. you get. Okay, bet number one, John. <laughs> All right, uh, let's go into uh, the Chargers side of the field. So Herbie Hancock, uh, Mr. Justin Herbert, you're starting. Um, but I, I temper some expectations overall in this game, just as a quick note. Both defenses actually have some pretty decent pass rushes. Joey Bosa is doing pretty good over there in, uh, with the Chargers this year. Uh, made some noise on uh, Monday night. Um, so you're, you got to temper some expectations on these players. But it's hard not to start Eckler. It's hard not to start uh, Herbie. It's hard not to start Allen and Williams. Um, I think you do start the gamut, um, even with the tempered expectations. Now, Joe, you spent like seven minutes on like a two to three minute game. Now, for the record, really... bet in there. <laughs> you got to really <laughs> tighten <laughs> these things up a little uh-huh. bit. <laughs> All right, next game, uh, who do we got? Dallas and the Giants. I almost moved this one into our Drink It Slow game. Zach, it's all yours. Alrighty. So, this one, I think, you know, Dallas side of the ball is pretty straightforward. You know, if you've got any part of their offense, you know, this this is one of those offenses you want a piece of. Um, it's up there, even going back to last year before Dak got hurt, uh, you know, it's up there potential-wise with the Chiefs, uh, you know, with the Rams, Cardinals this year. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, Green Bay at times, Tampa Bay, you, you want as many pieces as you can. So if you're in a pinch and some of these Dallas offensive guys are maybe out on the wire on your bench and, you know, you're, you're needing a flex, I'd consider some of those. You know, Tony Pollard already has kind of shown he's in that consideration for a flex if you're needing it. Uh, but definitely Dak, set it, forget it. Zeke, you know, this maybe I think is uh, the year – the last year that you're riding Zeke uh, with, with top 10, top 12 expectations, um, you know, we might be seeing a little bit of that wear and tear over the years as well as a little bit of a change in the guard. But for now, especially against the Giants, who are 17th against the rush, throw him in there. Uh, he catches passes to Amari Cooper if he's healthy. Uh, you're throwing him in there. Uh, Schultz 
and Jarwin are really interesting for the tight end position. Giants are 27th against the tight ends. I don't know if you start which one you start, but hey, if you got one of them or, or you're in a pinch for a tight end, you know, maybe Logan Thomas just got hurt for you. You got one of them. You might be rolling the dice there. I'd feel better about them than some of the other options that are out there right now. Uh, C.D. Lamb, I think this is a good bounce back game for C.D. Lamb. You know, he's kind of struggled a little bit. I think he bounces back, exploits that defense. Um, you know, Giants defense is a little better against the pass. They're about 13th, but can't deny the talent there with CeeDee Lamb. Uh, Michael Gallup uh, sounds like he's on the road back. I'm not sure that he's coming back this week yet, though. Um, so a lot of options there. Even the kicker, talking about a kicker, uh, Greg Zerline uh, might be in play there. And then the Cowboys defense, surprisingly, this might be the surprise of the year, at least for team defenses. I don't think anybody saw the Cowboys defense being top 10 or top 5. Um and Daniel Jones likes to throw the ball to opposing teams and fumble it away. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, Cowboys defense is in play as well. So lots of options on the Dallas side. On the flip side for the Giants, you know, I, I don't know that you feel good about anybody besides Barkley and the way that you drafted him. You're, you're probably going to have to start him. And he's, he's looked better. He's looked good. Uh, so I'd roll him out. But, the, again, that Dallas defense is six against the rush. So you're tempering expectations given all the factors, the injury, the O-line issues there, plus the defense they're facing. We had a Kenny Galladay sighting finally last week, so maybe he's starting to run into roll into form here. Um, he seems to be working his way back from injury uh, over the offseason as well as maybe starting to build some rapport with Daniel Jones. I would say if you've got better options, I would maybe bench him, but Dallas again is is weaker against the pass. So, you know, if you're in a pinch or again, depending on where you drafted them, you know, you might be rolling him out. Uh, Sterling Shepard's another interesting one. He might be back this week. That's probably about it on the offensive side for him. You know, Kadarius Tony, I think he's a hold. Uh, John Ross, we had a John Ross sighting of Mm -hmm. all people last week. (laughs) Right. Uh, So again, I, I think, you know, those guys, Right now, I think it's a little too early. For me, those are stash guys. You know, slot them in at the end of your bench, see what kind of plays out, because I think the the Giants, obviously, they're going to be in a lot of shootouts. So I think as they get healthier, maybe they figure out the offensive line. Those are guys that in a couple of weeks might be really solid flex options, especially with bye weeks coming up. And then Daniel Jones himself, he's an interesting case because he's produced fantasy points. He kind of reminds me, he does it in a different way than Blake Bortles did for the Jaguars, but he reminds me of Bortles in the sense that he just gets some garbage time touchdowns and he gets touchdowns, you know, rushing wise. And in ways that you think like, you know, if you had a good offensive line and maybe if he was a much better quarterback, you'd be talking about him as a legit, like top five kind of guy. Uh, But the points are there. So, you know, maybe you're rolling with them. Uh, right now, Dallas is about 28th against QBs, but I think you got better options right now. For me, he's a he's a good he's the perfect bye week filling kind of guy if you can pick the right matchup. Uh, but he did flash pretty well last week, so maybe he's in play for some teams depending on your roster there. So Barkley, maybe Galladay, some stashes after that. You know, the Dallas side, roll him out there and and watch him go. One one stat that I wanted to bring up, and you talked about Dalton Schultz a little bit. He's should be up in uh, 
someone that a lot of people are hopefully grabbing and, and starting this week. I mean, very easily you could start him. Um, he has done some pretty amazing things. One of the ones that stands out the most to me is if we're looking at targets per route, um, Dalton Schultz actually has the second most uh, highest percentage, I should say, second highest percentage in terms of getting that target when he's running around. On 24% of his routes, he is being targeted by Dak. So one in every, what, four routes that he's running, he's getting the ball thrown his way. And now he's going against one of the worst teams against tight ends who's allowed a touchdown every single week against the tight end position. Yeah. It's it's almost a cheat code. Yeah, not just the targets, but looking at it. So week one, six targets, six catches. Week two, two targets, two catches. So he fell a little short. Week three, seven targets, six catches. Week eight, eight targets, six catches. So he's getting right. targets, he's, he's catching. He's doing something. Yeah, he's with. a vacuum. <laughs> so he is the more reliable Robert Tunyon at tight end, I think. Yeah, maybe this there year's, maybe like this year's Tunyon, yeah. yeah. I like that This comment. year's Tunyon in that way. Well, good, good, good stuff there, Zach. Let's move on to uh, Carolina Philly. Bobby, it's yours. Um, so quarterback is very interesting here and very much in play, I think, for Carolina. Um, we're finally seeing something out of this quarterback. I mean, oh gosh, it's when you get away from the sorry Jets, you just start to play <laughs> it, it good. It has to be mentioned every single <laughs> every single week. Um Sam Darnold has five rushing touch. Like nobody saw that coming. He's the fifth best quarterback right now in terms of fantasy points. Um, he's in front of who you were just talking about, Daniel Jones, who's sixth. I mean, kind of ridiculous that way. Um, but it, Sam Darnold is definitely in play. It's hard to not play him, pick him up, and stream him, especially if you're a guy that came out of the draft with, with a, let's say like a Tannehill, thinking, "All right, I got Tannehill, I should be all right." Um, hopefully you grabbed Sam Darnold and you, you have something there to, to be able to play with. Um, we'll see what's going on with uh, CMC as the week progresses. There's some speculation that he might play, but how much um, is a whole other question. Um, hopefully, if you are a fancy owner, actually, hopefully he sits out one more week, gets himself right, and um, is able to go in and, and do the work that he needs to do. Um, and be CMC in all caps again. Um, if not, you're playing Hubbard. Um, I mean, it's hard not to throw him in there. You're very encouraged by what DJ Moore has been able to do this year. Um, and straight as strange as it might sound, uh, a, a decent streaming option or, or someone that you can throw into that flex position would be Anderson. Um, Robbie Anderson had, I think last week was like something like 11 targets. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's, he's getting the opportunities there. He's shown he's able to flash, but I don't know if it's just like some flashbacks of being both being sorry jets that like, they're not able to make the connection there. Um, but it's just one of those things that like, he doesn't want to relive that or something. I don't know what it is. Um, Jumping on to the other side of the ball, um, 
What game am I doing again? Oh, Philadelphia. <laughs> God, how much is, it's, a, it's a Wednesday night, Bobby. Well, how much have you drank? Um, enough. Um, <laughs> let's see. Gainwell. Okay, I'm jumping over Hertz. You're playing Hertz. He's scored at least 21 points every single time he's played a full game. Um, so you're starting you're starting Hertz. There's no question about that. Um, Gainwell seems to be a very interesting play. Now, I don't know if you're going to be starting him this week, but he is taking carries and he's starting to take over that backfield. Um, somebody that if you can, go grab him, throw him on, on your bench. And hopefully as the season progresses, you're going to have something that's going to mature into a, a very – fine wine so to speak if uh, we're talking joe's language um hopefully that's what we come out with now at wide receiver um it's hard not to continue to play um devonta smith he is just a, a little bit of a target monster he's going to continue to do that kind of work um the tight end position on the um, philadelphia side has become a little bit more murky um, nothing that's going to be too scary, but God, um, not Ertz, the other guy. Goddard. Goddard. I, I want to say Godwin, and I knew that was wrong. Um, Goddard hasn't done anything big like you were hoping if you were someone that took him in the kind of those mid, later mid rounds kind of deal um, as, your, as your tight end. He hasn't done what you're looking for. Um, I don't know if this is the week where that's going to happen either. Uh, the, the Carolina secondary just got better, as you mentioned earlier, Zach, with them grabbing Stefan Gilmore. Now, it might be a little bit before he's actually out there playing, um, but the, that secondary is just getting better and better by the week. Good. Very good. Yeah, uh, I have a question for you, Bob, that may lead to another bet. Who do you think will be the better quarterback this week between Jalen Hurts and Darnold? Um, I would just have to go with the oh god. You it's a close one. And I'm asking you for two reasons. Number one, I have those are my two quarterbacks in the Highlander League. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm debating myself and I'm playing, of course, against um, one of our other favorite people, who is the commissioner, Ryan Spangler, we're both three and one. So I need my best player out there. But who do you like better? Whew. Let me pull up my uh, statistical charts here and and see which side of the ball do we want to be on. All right, so Philadelphia is middle of the pack, seventeenth best against quarterbacks. Now. The other side of the ball, let me focus. Where is, oh, I found Philadelphia. Where's Carolina? Carolina, seventh best against quarterbacks. So Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is going to be better this week. Okay, I'll make the bet. I think Darnold's going to be better. All right. Perfect. You want to know why I make this bet with you in particular? Yes, because every single time that I can remember that I ask you who's going to be better, you're always wrong. Yeah, <laughs> always. Not 100%. this time. Like it's crazy the percentage of wrong you are in this regard. It's it's yeah. crazy. No, so it I'm, is. I'm, it I'm is. You've done that. this in the past, Joe, where you've said this guy or that guy, and I say one, and then you go with that guy, 
and the other one was the better one. So, yep. To your point, there's that. But yep. what you don't realize is that um, I give you the opposite advice. <laughs> So that I can be right on the other end. And making you wrong makes me right. You're funny. You're funny. That's a weird anyway, logic, but making it you is, wrong makes me right. It's something else. If nothing else, it's something else. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, so I'm going into my game now real quick. Seattle uh, and the Rams. I'm going to do my best to kind of catch us up on time here because I'm running about, about 10 minutes behind. So, uh, let me get you caught up here on on this game. So, good game. I think it'll be a good game to watch. Um, Seattle, L.A., uh, Rams. Uh, I think this is another quarterback game, to be honest with you. Uh, I think you'll see a little bit of a shootout in this game. Um, the, don't get me wrong, the, the Rams defense is pretty good, but I think it becomes a shootout. And uh, as far as startable players, Henderson, uh, I think you're loving this week as far as the L.A. Rams backfield. Um, assuming he's still healthy. I mean, he played last week, had a decent week. Well, I don't know if I'd call it decent, but he played. Um, Cooper Cup's a no-brainer, uh, and and uh, Robert Woods. I think those are those four collectively on, on L.A.'s team are starters. Uh, Higby's maybe a streamable guy if he needs somebody at tight end. Uh, in the past, Seattle's not been great against tight ends, but I believe right now Seattle's actually pretty good against tight ends. Um so you're kind of you're kind of uh, iffy on that one, but but I think it's definitely uh, worth um, starting some guys there. So anyway, that's my my LA side on the Seattle side. Um, I think you temper expectations on Chris Carson, and I think you're pretty ex- you know you're pretty good with like you have Jalen uh, Ramsey that you're a little concerned with when it comes to like DK because he probably go against DK. So that might open things up for Lockett. Um, but with this kind of game that I think this will end up being, um, I think you got to start both of them. I think you have to start both Lockett and uh, DK. And again, obviously, assuming all health for, for those players. Uh, and Russell Wilson is starting. So there's not a whole lot of big analysis to make, I don't think, in this game. Bobby, you might have some fun statistics um, that you might want to mention. The biggest thing for me is, yeah, you're tempering expectations on Carson. Um, and I think everybody else, you're, you're pretty confidently starting with no, not too many, not too many questions. Um, another question for you on this game, Bobby, who do you like better between Wilson and Stafford? Um, I'll go with the rushing potential that Wilson brings to it. Uh, he does, he will scramble out a little bit. He's not doing as much of it as he did at the beginning of his career. And so that kind of caps his ceiling to a certain degree. Um, this is going to be probably the best Thursday night game, at least so far. And that's saying something because we, we had a real treat week one. Um, but I, I do kind of like Seattle a little bit more, uh, at least in terms of, of who's going to win the game. Now, Seattle does give up about 22 points a game to quarterbacks. Rams give up about twenty, so it's gonna it's you're splitting hairs pretty much when it comes to these two. So no bet because I'm trying to go for three bets tonight, and this would have been the third one. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know that there's a bet here to be had. Unfortunately, okay. at least not not 
in this it's one. close this, enough. We'll leave this one on the so table. I'll let close. you look for another bet. In that it's case. so was, very close. I was gonna say Stafford. So if you, if you were thinking Wilson, then then you know we could have had one there. But yeah, that's okay. Yeah, John will be happy that. in the fact that we only had two bets. Yeah, we'll see about that. We'll see yeah. how it ends up. Next game uh, to get us moving: Arizona, San Francisco. Zach, that's you. Yeah, and uh, kind of piggyback, uh, Bobby. You mentioned you know, Russell Wilson earlier in his career. I think we have that quarterback in. Kyler Murray, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a little bit of an undersized guy, has the rushing potential, has the electric arm, the scrambling ability, make plays when the play breaks down. Uh, so you're, you're definitely starting him. I mean, he's just fulfilling that potential. Um, and, and I think the interesting thing with Arizona season long, you know, they started off hot last year. Can they keep it going? I think that's the question on everybody's mind right. uh, from a fantasy standpoint, as well as uh, you know, for Kingsbury, I mean, this is a make or break year. You know, you either keep it going, you run away with it, or you know, he's probably uh, in the running with Urban Meyer for that USC job when things are all said and done. Yeah, I don't know that. <laughs> Meyer's getting another job after this season. <laughs> they definitely won't let him go back to the college town to hang out with college chicks. I can tell yeah, you, right? that's for sure. I don't know about that. Yeah. Um, one thing that's really interesting. I don't know. There, there's some analysts out there that that said that Kyler Murray's potentially like the MVP of the season here uh, through four weeks. He's actually betting odds favorite right now. Um, so props to whoever that guy was that that said uh, Kyler Murray's going to be really, really good this year. Uh, it's it's interesting because I mean we not sure who that was, Bobby. It was me. <laughs> I'm the guy. <laughs> well, it, it, we, we saw that last year, um, but I think it seems like it's a more complete team this year. So I think, you know, last year he kind of got worn down uh, because so much was on him. And then finally, I mean, they're, again, this is one of those offenses I mentioned with Dallas, you just want a piece of because the crazy thing is they've been putting up so many points and DeAndre Hopkins has not been DeAndre Hopkins. But yeah, um, not all caps at least. Right. So if you've drafted him, he's been like meh. So you know, I think a breakout game is coming for him. You know, San Francisco's about fifth, literally right in the middle of the road for wide receivers. Uh, so it's just you know they're taking their ter- turns booming as far as the wide receivers go. So if you've got one of them, you're at least throwing them in the flex. I think if you got Hopkins, you know if you've got Nuke, you know a big game's coming at some point. Uh, Chase Edmonds, he's a little dinged up, it looks like. Um, but again, I think the volume-wise, they're finally starting to lean into him a little bit more. Um, maybe not necessarily purely through the carries, but he's getting some targets and receptions. To me, he's kind—he of, kind of reminds me of like Aaron Jones' light. Um, you know, if they gave—if they pumped him up another five to eight touches a game, he'd probably be in the mix for a top five running back. But he's efficient with the touches that he does get. And then we've seen in James Conner sighting the last couple of weeks, touchdowns are, are always fluky. So I don't know about chasing those, uh, but you definitely love the fact that he's been used around the goal line and in close. So that at least speaks to opportunities that are coming his way. And the fact that he's gotten 18, 11 carries the last two weeks, 16 carries the first week. So the efficiency isn't great, but I think the, not all carries are created equal. If he's getting them inside the 10, inside the red zone, hey, he could fall in the end zone again or, or catch something. He's got a couple of catches the last couple of weeks too. So, again, if, if you got a piece of this Arizona offense, I'd definitely roll with it. Um, and uh, and as a side note to that, just real quick, uh, Zach, 
Um, it looks like Edmonds apparently missed practice with a shoulder tweak. So mm. something to pay attention to throughout the week as well. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Um, and, and if he's out, then, hey, boot, jump Connor up a notch. You know, he, he's been a workhorse back uh, in the past. So you feel pretty good um, if he's at least in the flex. You can probably bump him up a little bit. Yeah. On the San Fran side, things are interesting. Uh, we talked a little bit about Trey Lance and the Garoppolo you know, keep an eye on the situation there. I don't know that you're starting either one of them this week because Arizona's defense has been one of the top ten best against quarterbacks. Um, certainly, if you're you've got Debo Samuel, you're probably riding high on his wave. Just be cautious because I think at some point he comes crashing down because they have too many other playmakers that haven't been fed. George Kittle outside the mm-hmm. top ten tight ends right now. That's unheard of um, for him. And then even Brandon Ayuk, who's who's starting to come back. But, I mean, Samuel, though, you know, he kind of reminds me of Tyler Lockett. I mean, he's just lightening up big plays, you know, taking a 10-yard pass and, and running with it or being downfield. So no way you take him out of your lineup. And one of the weaknesses that Arizona does have is against their in their secondary. So you know, yeah. about 25th or so uh, against wide receivers. So you're, you're definitely starting them. Right. It's, it's kind of one of those oddities where Arizona, like you said before, they're a top 10 team against quarterbacks, but they're bottom seven or so <laughs> against wide receivers. Uh, yeah. But then they're also like top four against tight ends. Right. <laughs> like it's just like this odd, weird back and forth. But to your point, like you were saying, wide receivers do score a lot of points there. Um, it's just hard to see that any other wide receiver this week uh, is going to be scoring many points. Brandon Ayuk had only a 67% snap rate last week. He's the only other wide receiver that you're really even considering uh, playing in San Francisco. On top of that, he only had a 10% uh, target per route run rate last week. Uh, 10% is a very low number. You want that number to be high <laughs> for those of you paying attention. Yeah. Um, I mean, he, so, yeah, he's I mean, lagging behind the tight end from Dallas we just talked about. Right. Like, I mean, you're lagging behind the tight end. <laughs> no, he's lagging behind Chris Carson. Uh, yeah. Chris Carson had an 11% target rate, <laughs> target per route run rate. And he's a running back, not a wide receiver. Right. Like, you just don't want that. And so, as much as, yeah, it probably – we're waiting for that week when uh, Samuel is going to kind of regress a little bit. I don't know that this is the week given the production that Arizona allows and the lack of use that San Francisco has of literally anybody else. Yeah. Well, and you figure, too, especially if, if Lance ends up starting rookie quarterback – you got to think, okay, first start of the season, like first full start of the season, who's he going to look to? He's probably going to look to Samuel. He's, he's hope, I would think he'd look to Kittle. I mean, those are the two two yeah. guys that you'd lean on. And, and so maybe this is a good bounce back week for Kittle. You know, it seems. Yeah. But then, like, but then Arizona's top five against tight ends. Right. Yeah. So it's, and it's, so it's, it's hard to yeah. really trust any. I mean, I think Kittle? I got to guess you are. Comment. I got a quick comment on this too. So I think that this week, so traditionally a offensive coordinator will have short routes run for wide receivers or shorter routes run for wide receivers. When a new quarterback comes into a system, Mm -hmm. I actually think 
that the way San Francisco plays, that they're actually going to do the opposite and surprise a few people. I think deep shots. Yeah, I think Trey Lance could have a very good week. I mean, look at what Minnesota did. Had it Minnesota wide receivers and even Kirk Cousins had a great week against Arizona uh, in a shootout. I think this game could be a lot like that. Um, with the side fact that would, the only thing I can see kind of holding it down is the fact that both defensive lines are pretty solid, yeah. um, and that could kind of you know limit the scoring a little bit. So, any final comments there, uh, Zach? I know we both kind of got in on you there, but any any final pieces on Arizona San Francisco before we move on to the next? Yeah, no, no, I, I can definitely see that, you know, especially, you know, Shanahan, you know, I would trust Shanahan preparing his rookie quarterback much better than Nagy preparing his rookie quarterback than what we saw. So, oh, no kidding. I'll no leave doubt. you with that. Like, I don't know that I'm starting Lance, but I would definitely, yeah, I could see that being the case where at least you're getting some fantasy production out of the San Francisco playmakers, wide receivers, much more than what you're getting out of Chicago. Yep. Next I day. agree. I agree. All right, last game, and Bobby, I'm sorry, but we are severely behind schedule. So Kansas City, Buffalo, I'm going to start it, and I'll let Hold you on. make a comment. Hold on. Before you jump into anything, quick bet. I get Allen, you get Mahomes. Oh, that's tempting. I'm not going to make that bet because I agree with you. I think Allen has a better uh, Okay. Um, no, you were supposed to worse. take the bait. Yeah. I like <laughs> the, the bait. bait. I like the idea. And we've been doing this. I'll tell you what I will take. No, I won't. I take that back. All right. Yep. Nope. Were you All right. Say, I'm going to go into you it. say Hill versus Diggs? Yeah. And, and then I figured you'd want Diggs. And I'd, yeah, I'd I do want, want Diggs. Diggs. I'd want Diggs, I do too. want Diggs. So it's it's not a bet. All well, right. Let's get me into and this you, quick. So, I think so, this is the best. Best game of the week, no questions asked. Um, that's why I put it on the last one that we talked about. Unfortunately, we are short on time, um, so we will go somewhat quickly with this. Obviously, I it's just... fun to think about those two quarterbacks. Naturally, starting those guys, uh, no questions asked there. Bobby will give you some statistics, I'm sure, in a minute. Um, yes. From a, a wide receiver standpoint, Hill's the only guy in Kansas City. In Buffalo, I think you're starting – well – you're at least flexing the other guys, uh, Emmanuel Sanders and uh, Beasley. I think those are both flexes. Um, and, and they could be starters depending on what your roster looks like. And Diggs, I think. Diggs kind of had a comeback week last week. I think this could be a really good week for Diggs. Um, so I'm, I'm really excited about a Diggs start here. This could be a, a top performer uh, of the week. Um, from a running back standpoint, you know, Kansas City historically has given up some points. Turning backs, you got to think about Zach Moss. Um and I don't, I don't really think about Devin Singletary very much here. Um, but I, I honestly, I temper some expectations. I think this becomes a shootout, and we've seen that Buffalo is not afraid to throw the ball 40 or 50 times a game. So I think that's what this becomes. Um, Buffalo is going to throw the ball a ton, uh, and it might just be to try to score enough points that Kansas City can't come back. Um, but we'll see kind of what ends up showing up uh, at, come game day. On the Kansas City side, CEH has proven he's pretty good, but he's playing against Buffalo. Temper expectations. He's at minimum of flex. He's probably an RB2 this week. Um, and then, obviously, you're starting Kelsey. Uh, Bobby, what statistics do you have? Because I know you're coming around with him. Uh, Buffalo Bills now, yeah, they played Big Ben. They played whoever the Dolphins quarterback was in week two. Uh, they played whoever Washington's quarterback was in week three. And then they played the Texans in week four. So, with that – 
They have they are the best against quarterbacks, fourth best against running backs, best against wide receivers, fifth best against tight ends. They are the best fantasy defense in football right now in terms of total points allowed. Throughout all positions, including defense and kicker, they average only 50 total fantasy points allowed against them. Flip side of that, Kansas City Chiefs as a whole allow 108.9. So Kansas City is the worst against quarterbacks. They're bottom five against against running backs. They're middle of the pack against wide receivers. And then they're bottom seven against tight ends. So... I wanted Allen because, like, let's see what's actually going to happen. Now, this is actually their first big test, as you were saying, Joe. Um, And so we could see a little bit of a shootout. But I think the Buffalo defense is going to come strong. And I think that they win this game. Um, I don't know how much – like, it's hard to really actually predict how much of a shootout it is because Buffalo hasn't been tested yet. Um they, they haven't really played against anything, anybody that scares you. I don't know how they lost to Pittsburgh, especially playing at home that week. They have two shutouts on their, on their uh, docket already this season. That's not going to happen again this week. It's going to be a really, really fun Sunday night game. Um, so I'm very excited to be watching that game. And as you already pointed out, Joe, this is a big Stefan Diggs game. And I just want to mention that I am playing against you in our family fantasy league this year, the garage league this week, and you have Stefan Diggs. And so he is going to score about 60 points this, this coming week here. It's I think you got, I think you got, I think you got Devonte and, and Diggs in that league. And I think you I have Devonte Diggs, And I believe you have Josh Allen too. I do. Now, isn't this uh, the league you haven't won in yet? No, I'm two and two. Oh, okay. I knew there was one that you. I thought there no, was. No, I. That you had I have a win now in every league. I'm waiting okay. to win like a clean sweep in every single game in a week, yep. and then I'm gonna crack open that special beer that I was talking about last time. Yeah, I had a clean sweep uh, the week before last. Um, this last week, I went three and one. So I'm, I'm I'm trending upwards, and I'm very excited about beating the crap out of you today. Um, and I think I mentioned this in a Monday night game. It's clearly a Sunday night game. It's a Sunday night game. Right. It's going to be a really fun game to watch. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. A- any final comments for this game, Zach? No, I think you yeah, summed it up. Um, you know, this is going to be a clash of a team in Buffalo that, you know, rematch of last year's playoff matchup too. So, you know, they're going to come in hot. Um, I'm Being from Buffalo, I've got a lot of friends and family that are really excited about the game. I think the expectations are high on this Bills team for the first time in a long, long, long time. I'm talking until since Jim Kelly's been there. Um, yeah, so it should be fun. Should be a really fun game. You know, Kansas City can never count them out, but their defense is definitely not championship caliber right now. So, yeah, here's a, uh, yeah I- here's a curiosity killed the cat question for you there, Zach. I knew you grew up in Buffalo, and I know you like hockey like like me and my brother do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know the Buffalo Sabres suck, but that's yep. beside the point. <laughs> um, but I also know that at some point in your life, you had to have some fandom towards the Buffalo Bills. I got a question. Here's the question. Once Aaron Rodgers is gone in Green Bay, are you converting? No. I didn't convert when Favre left Green Bay. Fair. And I'm a 
purist than loyalist, uh, probably to a fault until the end. Okay, I like it. Now, and just so every other person knows, um, for those that don't know Zach, Zach is an interesting, uh, he's got some interesting fanhood, okay? (laughs) So listen to this real quick. So he is a Green Bay Packer fan who, you know, everybody knows who the Packers are. They're always fucking good. Sorry for the F word there, but it's annoying (laughs) as hell. And, uh, And of course, he would like them. But he's also a St. Louis Cardinals fan who are also always freaking good and win like multiple championships and have all kinds of different stuff. I mean, it's it's kind of ridiculous. And then and, ex- and, and explain to us who your favorite basketball teams are and all this other stuff, because isn't there another one that you're kind of a big fan of that's always good? Um, no, I'm not really a basketball team guy. I like individual players when it comes to basketball. Um, like I used to like Tim Duncan. Um, you know, he was kind of a guy. You know, huh, San Antonio then, Spurs, whatever. I, well, I didn't like, like <laughs> I didn't like live and die if the Spurs won or lost. It didn't bother me though. Like yeah, I just yeah, like Tim Duncan. So, but yeah. at least you didn't you didn't say like, oh, I was a big like Shaq fan and like or right. or you know really Kobe big on LeBron, and I just liked it when they won yeah. the championship. Like they won all the time. Like like yeah. I felt like Tim Duncan at least when it comes to basketball actually played the game. Right. And like did it with like a lot of integrity and like there was actually like some clinical stuff going on there versus just I'm going to be just showing off the whole time. Yeah. And he was, you know, he was, there was a some guy, class there. He was a guy who always struck me as if he was in the media, he's in the media for the right reasons. Right. So, but yeah, as yeah. far as the fandom, you know, my, my dad was a Cardinals fan. Um, so, you know, I took to the Cardinals baseball as my first love always will be uh, to this day. Every day I wake up thinking, you know, I'm going to get back in shape and, and get back out of the mound or something. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, bat, you know football is one that just it was the last sport I really followed, you know, baseball and then hockey, hockey, like you said, a Sabres fan, no matter how much it's hurt the last 15 years. <laughs> um, More championships than we can say here in Minnesota. Oh, we haven't won any cups. <laughs> yeah, no, the same amount as. Oh, Minnesota. same, same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, so I mean, you guys know, you know, we know that, pain. that pain. We know that pain yeah. well, and and we've had like a couple good years. And I know Buffalo's almost the same deal, so mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah. Um, but hey, are you? I'm assuming Back. you're watching this game right now. It's it's pretty tight. I've yeah, I've got the um, score things popping up. Um, so I'll I'll probably tune in here in a minute and and see how it shakes out. Yep. Yeah, that 17-game win streak was just epic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. so, back, back we'll see what happens. Side. I know that a lot of Braves fans are cheering for uh, for a St. Louis victory. So, yeah. Back on the football side real quick. On the reality of football side, uh, the Chiefs could find themselves sub-500 here. Again, at 2-3 and three after this week. And uh, Bills would be then 4-1. and one. Be really interesting, you know, just to see how things will shape out come playoff time and everything else. I mean, we're looking at the Chiefs probably having to win three games to make it to the Super Bowl this year, and I don't know if that's going to happen, especially with the the competition and the level of competition that's risen in the AFC. So yeah, just and, kind of projecting out towards the end of the year already. Yeah, and that would be a huge tiebreaker for Buffalo too if – you know, Kansas City stormed back during the regular right. season, talking about right. seeding and all that. Yeah, because they'd essentially have three games on them 
mm-hmm. yep. at that point at a at a four and one versus a two and three plus that tiebreaker. Yep. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. This is arguably our longest huge, huge podcast. Game. So um, that's that happens. We're trying to to clean it all up. I think I know exactly what we need to do to shorten this, and that would be Bobby in zero one minute games. I was going <laughs> to say, are you going to fire me? I'm no, 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 I'm not right firing now, you. I'm just, I'm just not going <laughs> to let you take any one minute games. You can have all the other ones. That's fine. You do a good job with those. But uh, anyway, getting into this, <laughs> let's wrap it up. I got the Joe Niehoff guarantee this week. Are you ready? This is a good one. I, I think this is a really good one. You guys are going to be excited about this. It is absolutely a bold statement. So be prepared. Are you ready? Let's go. No, I'm not prepared for this. But okay, well, that, right, tell me when you're ready. I'm ready now. Okay, both Ray Lance and Trevor Lawrence finished the week as top twelve quarterbacks. Hmm. Both interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yep. Interesting statement the joe niehoff guarantee um bobby you are the bobby's ballers okay and uh you know who's gonna ball out this i'm just gonna some weeks it'll be like hey here's a guy to go and grab and stash and play this week other weeks um I'll, i'll kind of announce what it is but this week what it is is that mr leonard fournette going to be a top 15 running back this week book it oh bold statement this leonard, year. leonard bold fournette baller statement leonard For- he's, he's not someone that that's coming out and not a not a perennial starter necessarily for you he has a money matchup going against the team miami dolphins they allow about 27 this is half point ppr he does he's involved in the the receiving game so um in a full ppr it's gonna be a little bit more 27 points allowed by miami to the running back position if he even gets half of that um i would be surprised if he only gets half of that uh jones has been declining in his usage uh over the last few weeks um I have the number. Where did it go? I'll find it. Doesn't matter. Bobby's bold prediction is out there. All right. Uh, so you're taking over Zach for the Merrick's merit, and he hasn't even had a chance to use one of those yet this year. So <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna have the you know you can call it what you want. This is your thing. So what do you got? Okay. So I got surprise top running back this week, top scoring running back, half point PPR. A little bit of a bold, a little bit off, you know, it'd be easy to pick like a Derrick Henry or a a Zeke or one of those guys. I'm going to go with Jonathan Taylor because as Bobby, I think it was Bobby and and both of you guys actually alluded to in that matchup earlier. I think Indy, Indy's in a must win game. They got to start pulling stuff off. They got to lean on their best player right now on that offense. That's Taylor. He's got the most inside the five carries in the whole NFL. His uh, Mike Clay does this nice opportunity adjusted uh, touchdown statistic. The OTD. It's wonderful. OTD. Mm-hmm. He has the biggest OTD difference at minus 3.1. So he's due for positive regression in the touchdown department. I think that mm-hmm. alone. So I'll, I'll pick him as a top scoring running back this week. 
I like it. He had a good week last week, right? Love it. Or the week before. But I like it. Great, great job, Zach. Great job. I appreciate it. Uh, All right. Well, guys, that's it for the night. I, you know, I enjoyed this one tonight. You know, when we go as long as we did tonight, it means that we have a lot to say. Um, Hopefully you grab a tidbit or two from our comments. Um, But I enjoyed it. Bobby, Zach, any final comments? Yeah, thanks for having me. Really enjoyed it. And hopefully I set the bar high for any future guests. I believe you did, Zach. Bobby? Uh, I found the stat Ronald Jones was only in for 17% of snaps last week. And that's another reason why I really like Leonard Fournette. Good also, to know. Also, good... email us uh, footballotr at gmail. You can find us on Twitter. Same thing. Same handle, footballotr on Twitter. Done. Let us know what you think. Tell me how awesome I am and how bad Joe is at making bets. <laughs> you know, I hope I go 2-0. This, this <laughs> you will. You're good. And the thing is, it'll happen and you'll be here to rub it in my face. Oh, absolutely. And then I'll be able to say, Who's three? <laughs> now we're 3-3-1, three, three right? You know, right. So I got you. I got you. Well, good deal, guys. I enjoyed it again. Like I said, tonight, this is it. It's a wrap. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.